Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Fan Text Line is brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Thanks, by the way, to Paul for the uh, very kind words. Uh, Checks in the mail, Paul. But uh, sadly, I have bad news for Paul. I will will not be back on Pirates pre and post this year. Um, So I hate to... I hate to let him down. I do. It's definitely bittersweet for sure. But um, if if you don't follow me on social media, you probably wouldn't have heard. But I took a job, a full-time job outside of uh, the radio industry, still communications-wise uh, with the WPGA here in Pittsburgh. But I'll still be doing some shows like this. I'll still be doing a little play-by-play broadcasting as well. Um, but Pirates pre and post because of the, the schedule conflicts um, in the spring and summer, unfortunately, uh, I, I have announced my at least, you know, temporary retirement. You never know what's going to happen, but a retirement from Pirates pre and post after two very wonderful years of uh, unfortunately uh, more more losses than wins, but some entertaining baseball along the way. Uh, but thanks to Paul. I really appreciate that. That was uh, very kind uh, of him to say all that. All right, uh, let's uh, stop talking about me and start talking about Jeff Hathorn, who joins us now, our sports director here at The Fan. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Uh, Josh, I don't know if you heard. I, I was told that you were still going to do the West Coast game, so. <laughs> because you enjoyed that so much. I, You know, I certainly did. There were definitely times where uh, I was getting home <laughs> at 3 a.m. after watching a baseball game, and I thought, boy, this was a, a really, really Jason fun Claire. night. It was uh, thirteen to one, the final, and uh, boy, what a great night it was. You know, it's the good part about working really early or really late, man. There's no tunnel traffic. That's, that's well, just glorious. That's that's a very fair point, but uh, yeah, the uh, I, that's something that I probably won't miss a ton of is the ten oh five pirate starts. I'll be I'll be in bed probably uh, somewhere by the third inning for uh, for most of those games. Uh, Jeff, a little bit of uh, Steeler news tonight. Eddie Faulkner, uh, we'll, we'll start there. They've actually made a couple of uh, headlines here tonight, but we'll start with Eddie Faulkner reportedly going to be retained and extended. Uh, any surprise there with that? Someone from the you know old regime of offensive coaches stays around and Eddie Faulkner? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, he is, he is tight with Mike Tomlin. They have a, a really good relationship. You could make the argument of all the position coaches – and you saw improvement in their room, and you, you saw you know him being able to lead, him being able to figure out a rotation, uh, him keeping guys, uh, you know, figuring out that mix. And then when he took over as offensive coordinator, man, what first thing you heard from players was how everybody started getting on the same page, how he had this innate leadership ability um, to just rally guys. And you kind of knew at that point, like, okay, this guy, no matter what happens, unless it goes really south, um, when the change was made, Faulkner's got a place. Like, there's just something about him um, that 
not just his running backs room, but the offense likes. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that, that Eddie stays around and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if with that extension comes maybe an expanded role. We'll see how exactly that plays out. Well, that that's maybe along the lines of what I was going to ask you. I mean, this was a guy that, you know, up until a couple of weeks ago, Jeff was the interim offensive coordinator. And now he's what back into his role. Is there some sort of run game coordinator position or something like that that they could find for him? Do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating maybe even if it's not officially put that way, uh, that he will have a, a bigger – because, you know, he wants to advance. And the one thing that's holding him back from advancing is the fact he has no play-calling experience. Remember, Mike Sullivan obviously called the plays uh, when they when he was the interim offensive coordinator. So, you know, and, and Tomlin couldn't make – as much as he likes Eddie Faulkner, he couldn't make him offensive coordinator because they needed someone with play-calling experience. Like, even Tomlin could read the room enough to know, like, hey – this isn't going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll officially see it in the title, but I, I'll guarantee you that he's going to have more of a role in that this coming year because he, you know, he wants to move forward with his career. Not saying he necessarily Eddie I'm talking about here wants to leave the Steelers, but he's got to get some of that experience so he can take that next next step. Jeff, who is Tom Arth, the Steelers' new quarter uh, <laughs> quarterbacks coach? Who is he, and what does he bring to the table for them? You don't follow the Ohio Athletic Conference. He's the former head coach of the John Carroll Blue Streaks uh, and was a former standout player at John Carroll, which is a D3 school. A lot of coaches Cleveland. come from John Carroll, though, right? That's a very popular coaching true. tree school, right? That and Miami of Ohio uh, and Baldwin-Wallace have all been uh, big coaching tree schools. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was coach of the year in, the, in their conference when he took over his alma mater. Listen, he's a quarterback, played in the league a little bit. He was a backup to Peyton Manning uh, for a couple of years um, and then, you know, worked with the San Diego Chargers. I I don't know how much to credit or blame him for what did or did not happen with San Diego and Justin Herbert, um, but at least he has been around two elite quarterbacks. So even if it's just by watching or osmosis, however it is, at least he's been around some guys that can play the position. And, you know, we'll see. We don't know too much about how that relationship is going to work. But, you know, he's been recently has been a college coach. Obviously, his last job was at a quarterback's coach with San Diego. He should bring some different ideas, even if it didn't work out. Or excuse me, San Diego with Los Angeles, um, with the Chargers. He should have some different ideas. And listen, as much as I was saying glowingly about A.D. Faulkner, you know, Mike Sullivan did a nice job calling plays, but they had to bring in another voice. You just couldn't say all you said about needing a person that can, you know, work with quarterbacks and then just break, have the same guy be the quarterbacks coach. Uh, so they brought in Tom Arth. He's relatively unknown. Um, we'll see if they've struck gold or if this is just someone um, who's lesser known for a reason. Jeff, will Mike Sullivan still have a role with the Steelers? You know, that's what they're working out, and that's where roles get tricky. I don't mind them keeping Sullivan as a as a senior consultant. That doesn't even have to be senior. As a consultant, as some type of advisor. Some of these roles that you see on the Chiefs and also the 49ers coaching staffs, like if he wants to oversee or sit in meetings and say, hey, I think this would be these would be some good calls, 
I think that's a great role for Mike Sullivan if he is willing to do a role like that. Um, I think that's where he best fits. I think day-to-day operations, give it to somebody else. Let Sullivan kind of dance around the offense. Uh, If you foresee a role for him, that's what I think it would be. Talking with Jeff Hathorne, our sports director here at The Fan. Uh, The other news tonight, Jeff, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Presley Harvin, Chooksakor for all released by the Steelers. Any surprise there? And and what do those things, uh, I guess, mean for their respective positions going forward? No, I mean, I guess the most surprising would be Harvin, that they didn't stick it out for a final year of his contract. Um, but, you know, Tom even said it, how he's inconsistent, uh, especially as games, you know, got bigger down the stretch. I think Presley's a good dude. He, he's dealt with some very tough personal issues, and I feel for him in that regard. Uh, but it, enough was enough. I mean, this is a team that couldn't score, and they also c- couldn't have a punter they could rely on to help them out with their defense. I mean, they, how rarely did he pin somebody back? And how valuable would that have been if they would have had somebody that could have pinned a team back here or there? Um, they, they needed to make a change. They gave him every opportunity to show what he can do. And just over the span of those three seasons, he just he couldn't get it done. And I, I think their eyes were open a little bit to two things. One, when Brad Wing came in and he was immediately better. And two, when Corliss Waitman had a good season and he was kind of a practice. You remember him, the yeah. practice squad punter. And I, I think they realized, okay, you know, we can't do this anymore. There are plenty of other good legs. We need to give it a shot. And as much as they tried to dress him up as the greatest holder on the history of the game, (laughs) uh, he wasn't that great. And you can find other holders. It's not like, you know, how many botch snaps do you see in the NFL? We saw a couple of really good placements in the game last night. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can do that position. So, I, I think those were the people that worked for the organization that were trying to sell the fact that, well, they, they keep this guy, so what can we say this positive? Oh, yeah, he holds it. He holds it really well. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky, let, let's talk about him next, Jeff. Uh, it just didn't work out here. Uh, where does he go next, do you think? What's next for Mitch Trubisky? Is anything next for Mitch Trubisky? And, uh, boy, it just seemed like that was an experiment that had a ton of upside and potential and just – Tell, it just fell totally flat. Yeah, in two years, he's gone from being a guy that that was anointed the starting quarterback with the, with the you know with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the guy who is going to you know follow Ben Roethlisberger, to now being a guy that's going to go into somebody's camp to fight to be a backup. Uh, he'll get an opportunity, and he'll be able to you know, you know his selling point when he talks to teams or his agent talks to teams is, listen, I'm not bad, but that offense sucked. Matt Canada stinks. He he tried to he ruined my career. I'm really better than what than what you know Matt Canada allowed me to do, and that will be his his selling point because of his arm and because of his mobility. Somebody will give him a chance, but I mean I don't think he'll go anywhere and even be a lock to be a backup. He'll have a chance to fight to be a backup, um, but in a, you know his two years here have, have taken it, his career where you know he was a backup to a pretty good quarterback in Buffalo to now being a guy that's just fighting to stay in the NFL. Chooks a core four. Uh, he goes as well, Jeff. Um, any surprise there? Uh, is, is it more money related or more performance related? Or I, I guess we could take the easy way out and say it's a combination of both, right? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's more the 8.7 million reasons as opposed to even his performance. And 
listen, we talked to Chooks after the season, and he's like, he didn't want to speak to what his future was, but he knew. I mean, the minute that Broderick Jones went in there, he knew that it was over, much like Kevin Dotson knew when they signed Isaac Sayamalu that his time with the Steelers was over. Uh, Chooks had an idea, especially, I mean, smart enough to figure out the cap hit, what they could save by releasing him. You know, it's interesting. You look up the PFF rankings. He is the highest rated tank tackle on that team last year. And uh, now he's looking for a job. Interesting. Um, Jeff, yeah. uh, let's let's dive into some other sports while we have you because you're not just a football man. You you, you bounce around, certainly. Um, at, you were at the Penguins today. I know you texted me this earlier. Uh, it, it seems like a very, very precarious spot that they are living in right now. They are, they've lost more. When you count OT, they've lost more games than they've won. Uh, that was the case last season as well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Jake Gensel's future with them. Where do you see the rest of this season going? Is this something that can be salvaged with what they have right now? Yeah, it was a bad weekend. I mean, it's one thing to lose one, but that was a seventh-place team and a third-place team that had lost five in a row in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta at least get some points out of there, even if they're overtime losses. I mean, you gotta, you got to get something. That, and, you know, that start of the first period, I, I, I get it. You're coming off back-to-back games. But other teams come off back-to-back games. That start of that first period was bad. And then they started that trading chances thing. What we felt good about on Tuesday of them playing responsible hockey went by the wayside in just a matter of two games. And now they've got to get back to doing that again and to playing the responsible and not with every game that they blow is more – that you're going to see that risky hockey because in their mind, we got to make something happen. And that's just going to be, unfortunately, I worry that that's going to be their downfall unless they get on a run and they haven't had more than a three game winning streak this year. If they can get on a run and maybe really cement in their heads that this is the way to play. My fear is they're going to revert back to, to this fire wagon hockey that they seem to go back to. The positive is Eric Carlson's starting to play some good hockey for them. Um, that's a positive. Even though you don't see consistent, consistently on the power play, he's starting to play some, some decent hockey. So, you know, if he starts playing better, maybe that can manufacture into some other areas. But I, I don't have a lot of good feelings. You know, I did after Tuesday's game. But after this weekend, they're really going to have to show me something to show me that they're, they're a team that could – Hell, not contend for the cup, but contend to to win a playoff series. Let's continue to go around the world here with uh, Jeff Hathorn, and we'll touch on the Pirates next, Jeff. The Pirates making some news during the Super Bowl. Typically, it's bad news that the Steelers <laughs> uh, or that the uh, Pirates rather release when it's during some sort of big event. But they go and they sign Yasmani Grandal, um, a catcher, Jeff. And I I have to wonder, Henry Davis. Does this indicate that perhaps the thought that Henry Davis would catch a lot or a decent bit for them, has that gone by the wayside now? Now, if they went back in time and signed Yasmani Grandal from 2017 when he was getting MVP votes, <laughs> I'd be jumping up and down at this move. That would be – even in 2019 when he was pretty decent, um, I would feel really good about this move. Um, well, what you're getting now in Grandal is a guy that is 
is a minus 11 in, you know, runs against average or defensive runs saved yeah. is the correct term. You know, he has, I think, 13 homers in his last two seasons combined. This is a guy that once had 28. I mean, this is not the same guy, and he, and he struggles defensively. He, he's a body. He's hopefully a guy that can help with, with some of this. But catcher, I mean, look at this position. You got Henry Davis, who you had all the opportunities to play, and you wouldn't even give him a sniff in a year where you weren't going anywhere. So what does that tell you about how bad Henry Davis is behind the plate? Jason DeLay is okay, but he can't throw anybody out. He had a good batting average last year. That's nice. Uh, the guy is really their best defensive catcher is this guy, you know, Ali Sanchez, who they yeah. signed in the offseason. This guy throws out like 40% of the runners. Like he's a good defensive catcher. He just hasn't had much opportunity in the majors. So, you know, I know people got worked up about Austin Hedges last year because he couldn't hit. But, man, that guy could could work with the pitching staff. Now you're going to have a young pitching staff with probably new guys coming in over the span of the year working with catchers that are substandard. And that, that I think, is an issue for them. Uh, I mean, maybe Grandal finds a fountain of youth. Maybe Henry Davis ends up being than they thought, you know, better than they thought he was going to be. But this catching position is an issue for them, not just at the plate or, you know, with an error here and there. I mean, it's critical, their relationship with pitchers. And yeah. they just don't – they don't have anything back there that makes you feel good. Jeff, one last thing for you while we uh, touch all the bases here. Pitt basketball. <laughs> you uh, occasionally step in on the mic for Pitt basketball games, and you've been following them throughout the course of the year. They're 15-8 and eight right now. They have, at least at the moment, one game against a ranked opponent remaining. Is there a shot for them to at least get into the tournament discussion for real to get on the bubble? What do they need to do, do you think, um, in order to get into that discussion and maybe get back to the NCAA tournament? It seems like that's hanging sort of by a thread at this point. Yeah, so they, they would need to get, I think, to at least 11 wins in the ACC, which is doable. That's five of eight. Um, it's going to be tough tomorrow at Virginia. Uh, but uh, – after you get to 11 wins, then you got to win at least a game, if not two, in the ACC tournament. You do that, and some other things happen to some other teams, and I'm not just talking about in the ACC, but across the country. Uh, I think you've got, a chance, you've got a chance. At least you're in the conversation to be in the NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll say this for this group, like, and understandably so. Like They were left for dead a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they're one in five. They couldn't win at home, but – you know, they got past having to play Duke and Carolina and Syracuse, who is their, their biggest nemesis of all. And now they're playing some teams that they should beat, and they are beating them. The key one is tomorrow. If they can get tomorrow, that's going to be a really quality win, much like the Duke win was. Like, it would be better for them to win it uh, at Virginia and then lose to Louisville than, it, than vice versa. You know, if they could, they need to find a, a, a resume win. This would be one. There's not many many other opportunities for them, you know, for the rest of the season until they potentially get in the ACC tournament and would find one of those matchups. You know, maybe they take out a Carolina there or something like that. So I, I don't think it's dead, but you know, they've got they still got a lot of work to do. I, I do think they are getting close to being, at least if they can play postseason this year. They can kind of keep that ball rolling 
Um, and, you know, they'll have some young guards that hopefully will be better. You add Malik Thomas. I know you've seen him play. Um, he's a very good player. They have high hopes for him being able to play his freshman year. Brent, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Brandon Cummings, Jeff, not Malik Thomas. No, Brandon uh, Cummings. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's a little wishful thinking on a, Jeff's part there, I believe. The other one into an ex- existence. <laughs> Oops, that's my that's my mistake. Was I really trying to do that, Malik? Come on, come to pit. Uh, no, I, Brandon Cummings. I'm glad you caught caught that there. Uh, but you get Papa back from injury, who was a big time recruit right. that was committed to Michigan. They they like him in the post. Uh, I think they have a potential to kind of keep this ball rolling if they can at least get into some postseason play. But I'll say this. You know what this team reminds me of with with not as good rebounding of some of Jamie's teams like they fight. That's that's fun to watch. This team isn't the most talented team, but they I mean, they're there every possession and they're they're fighting tooth and nail. Um, I would say they're probably what, eight, nine, ten as far as talent in the league. Uh, but they're finding a way to win games, and, and credit to Jeff for doing that. Yeah, I, I think it's been a really, really good coaching job by Jeff Capel, given where they were and where they are now and some of the wins that they've picked up. Uh, it, it's been a salvaging attempt uh, of of really, really good proportions here, and uh, it's been fun to watch, and hopefully they can find a way to make yeah. some noise here uh, throughout February and March. Jeff, uh, we, we, we touched them all. Thank you, as always. Yeah. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll do it again hey, soon. Josh. Hey, quick aside, I just want to mention this. There were two Make-A-Wish kids that were at Penguins practice mm. today. And they, the two kids were teenagers, and their parents couldn't be more effusive in their praise of Sidney Crosby. You're coming off those two disappointing games. He couldn't have been – I mean, he made those kids feel special. And at some point, he's not going to play for the Penguins anymore. You know, he'll, his career will be over. Uh, I hope we appreciate not just the player but the person – that he is because I mean, he made these two kids day, if not life with the way he acted today. So I just wanted to put that out there for everybody. Kudos to him for, and the rest of the team for the way they handled uh, these two kids who are, you know, looking for something to feel good about. Yeah, that's very cool. And you can read more about that from Jeff at 937thefan.com. Jeff, thanks. Good stuff as always. Thanks, Josh. All right. That's Jeff Hathorne, our uh, sports director here at the fan. That's why it's important to have reporters in uh, in those locker rooms, and and you get those stories, you get that insight, and um, yeah, Jeff's uh, Jeff's the best. He is the uh, the undisputed best, and uh, you know, Jeff has Jeff was the first person to believe in me here at the fan, uh, and he was the biggest person to believe in me at the fan. And there have been others, but Jeff has been. Um, he has been in my corner uh, from the very start some eight years ago now uh, when we first met doing a pit baseball game on a cold Friday uh, evening at Charles L. Cost Field. And uh, about a year later, I started working here, and uh, I'm still here, even though I'm doing some other things as well. Um, I'm still uh, able to do this, and that's in large part because of Jeff. And we've had some really memorable uh, walks down memory lane, including uh, – a couple years ago, we won uh, an award together for uh, broadcasting excellence for our coverage of Ben Roethlisberger's final game. And Joel, I'll have you know, I won two awards this year. I was part. I shouldn't say that. That sounds very, very braggy of me. Two more awards, though, I was a part of winning here this year. One of them, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this. I might not be. I don't know if we announced it yet, but it's on the website for this place, so I'm going to talk about it. 
Pennsylvania um, Association of Broadcasters Excellence Awards. Shelby Cassessi and myself, as well as Ben Tenuta, who helped uh, with the video part for This Hits Different, which used to air here on The Fan, and now is, is over on KDK Radio during football season. We got an award for that. And uh, our coverage of the uh, the uh, Garfield standoff from uh, early in the year at KDK Radio won an award, too. So I'm probably breaking news and I'm not allowed to break, but at this point, I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is, right? But thanks to Jeff for joining us. Appreciate that. Uh, and Jeff deser- deserves many, uh, many, many awards for being able to go and talk about literally the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and Pitt basketball all in one radio segment. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. You can visit them at southhillskia.net. We'll be more, we'll be back with more here on the fan. We'll get back into uh, some of the things we saw from the Super Bowl, including uh, the Super Bowl halftime show uh, and where they should go next with the Super Bowl halftime show and the commercials as well. I, I had a favorite commercial, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you what it is when we come back. I'm Josh Roundtree. It's a fan evening show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Josh Roundtree with you. Fan Evening Show. I'm here until 1035. Then we got the nightly sports call coming your way after that. Fan Hotline presented to you by Sullivan Super Service. Pittsburgh trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Thanks to Jeff Hathorn for joining us on the fan hotline. Uh, Joel, did you have a favorite commercial last night? Was there anything that, that particularly hit you? Not really. I probably didn't pay, call it enough attention to you the know, commercials from you, last night. You know what I've noticed ever since, like, this is going to make me sound really old and I'm, I'm not that old, but Ever since cell phones, right, Super Bowl commercials, I feel like I pay less attention to because when the commercials are on, I'm pulling out my phone to check Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. I'm checking that to see what people are saying about the game. That's what I was doing, too. Exact same thing. And then I I find that I'm missing the commercials. 
And then we're halfway through the commercials, and I'm like, oh, there's Danny DeVito. That was my favorite commercial because you can throw Danny DeVito in anything, and it's great automatically. It's great. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Decent show. Danny DeVito shows up. One of the best comedies ever. Just happens that way. But the one with him and Arnold Schwarzenegger was, I, I think, the best one that I saw. I like the Christopher Walken one where everyone's trying to do the the Christopher Walken impression everywhere he goes. We're like, wow, uh, Christopher Walken. You know, they're doing that everywhere he goes. Was that an okay impression? I'd say so. I feel like I used to be able to do a really good one, but it's it's a little rusty now. There's a very distinct you know, Christopher Walken. And, uh, you know, like it's not bad. It's. But everybody tries to do it. And so I could resonate sort of with with that one. Anytime they throw the Budweiser Clydesdales out there, that one, that that's a good one. They, they had a dog in that as well. You got the Clydesdales going. You got the dog going. You're, you're you know, Budweiser tugging on the heartstrings there. That's Every a, single uh, time. Yeah. I, I mean, there's just something about the Clydesdales. I remember the uh, – I think it was the final – it might have been the final series at, P, or at uh, Three River Stadium. But they brought the Budweiser Clydesdales up from St. Louis. And they had them outside, and you could like get your picture taken with the Budweiser Clydesdales. They are huge. I mean, you think horses are big? These things are they're, – they're twice the size of a horse. They are big, big animals. And uh, you could take a picture with them. And I, rem- I remember that very vividly, them being outside of Three River Stadium before – I believe it was the last series – uh, there at Three Rivers. But I really, I, I like the Budweiser Clydesdales. The Dung Kings one with uh, J-Lo, with um, uh, uh, Affleck, the drop-in by Damon, Matt, Matt Damon was good. There was, I couldn't pick up, There was a, was there a little bit of a shot there too by Matt Damon to J-Lo's uh, ex, A-Rod? He said at one point you're blinded by the pinstripes. And I thought, wait a minute, is that? Is that Ben Affleck taking a little shot at A-Rod? I don't know. I, I haven't actually even looked up to see if that's what that was about or not, but that's how I interpreted it, and that's what I'm going to uh, – I'm just going to keep it that way. If that's a coincidence, that's a pretty big coincidence. I, the guy played for the Yankees. You mentioned pinstripes. J-Lo's there. Yeah, it seemed intentional to me. I also think maybe the – Funniest one was the Paramount Plus one with Tua Tungavailoa, Patrick Stewart, Hey Arnold was in there. You're maybe too young to really remember Hey Arnold. That was you, you probably you probably didn't grow up with just with, a tad before my time. Yeah, yeah. So, but but he tries to throw. You know, he's got the football head. He tries to throw the football head up the mountain, and Hey Arnold hits the mountain and slides down. Peppa Pig was in that one. As well, Pe- Peppa Pig's big time. There's like grown adults that watch Peppa Pig. I I liked I liked that one a lot. That was really good. Um, the halftime show I thought was pretty good too. I, I talked about it earlier. Like it really revved up as it went along, and it, I I was a little bit bored by it. The first couple songs and Usher's okay. Like he's pretty good. He's had some some bangers over the years. But it really started to pick up when he hit burn and the stage lit on fire and all that fake fire. And once they got to Lil John, 
in the crowd, I think sitting on somebody's shoulders. Some guy got launched through the air at one point, too. They had Cirque du Soleil out there doing their thing. They had a marching band. I think it was an HBCU marching band out there, which was great. I uh, I, I, I ended up liking the show. It, I didn't like it as much as the 50 Cent, Eminem, um, Dr. Dre. That one I thought was the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. I, and that's probably because that's that was my sort of genre of music when I was growing up. Like That was really what I liked at that point and what really was big at that point. And that also, that really kind of revved hip-hop as a genre up into, into the mainstream was, was that era. Um, but yeah, I really, I, 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 I liked Usher. I thought he did a good job. He got out there on roller skates and started singing and dancing while on roller skates. And I'm thinking, I mean, I, I can't do one of those things. And he's doing all three at the same time. He's singing, dancing, roller skating. Big moment for roller skates, too. Roller skates not really getting a lot of attention nowadays. Used to be of the 70s, 60s, you know, the roller skating. And then roller blades really took over in the 90s. The wheels down the middle, like that's – but now – I don't know. Maybe Usher are going to bring roller skates back a little bit here. But I enjoy. What were your thoughts? Did you like Usher? I thought it was see, good. that's not really your. You probably weren't really coming up a when little Usher... bit. Maybe some of his newer songs, late two thousands, early twenty tens. Now he didn't really use those songs a lot during the halftime show. I thought it was pretty good overall. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't anything like a couple years ago. Eminem, Dr. Dre, that show. That but, that was uh, like when Fifty Cent dropped down. That's one of upside those. down. That is an iconic Super Bowl moment. That's it, halftime show wise. Like that's up there with Pink doing Purple Rain in the rain or Pink Prince. I was thinking the color purple. Prince doing Purple Rain in the rain. That's up there, very very high, and and I would say Fifty Cent dropping down as well was a huge, huge moment in Super Bowl halftime history. It was pretty good when they, when they brought uh, Ludacris out last night because, like, you, you would have figured that yeah. Lil John probably would have been there. And then when you saw Ludacris coming out, that was yeah, that was pretty good. I audibly yelled out, Luda, when he walked out Luda. with the mic. He stole the show to me. I thought the best part of the entire performance was, was Ludacris with his verse on Yeah. I thought that was the by far the best part of the entire the entire show. That was the best part. Who do you think hosts next year or, or, or performs next year? They're going to be in New Orleans, but I mean that could be that could be anybody. I'm not sure. I think they have to go after Taylor Swift, right? You would think so. I mean, you have to strike while the iron's hot here and get Taylor Swift for next year. Whatever it costs, I think if you're the NFL, you have to pay that money. Together. Especially since the Chiefs have been in four of the past five Super Bowls. What if they break up before that, though? That's the thing. Then you have the two exes at the Super Bowl together. And more people would probably watch for that, honestly. Just to see what what might happen. That's, uh, they, they have to go after Taylor Swift, though. Have to. I think Jay-Z could be in play, too. Jay-Z in play, 
You know, New Orleans, you can mix in some jazz a little bit with Jay-Z. That could be really, really good. Who else could be alongside Jay-Z? Because you had Rihanna last year, Alicia Keys this year. I know they've both done some songs with Jay-Z. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a long, long, long list of collabs that you could, I mean, uh, they're probably not, they're pro- well, two names you're probably not going to see are Kelly and Kanye West to have collabed with Jay-Z. Probably not going to see either of those guys. Sounds about right. You did get Alicia Keys this year. I mean, that would be, you know, a, a potential. But yeah, you're probably not going to get R. Kelly and Kanye. I, I don't. I, I. I'm not. I'm not seeing either of them performing at a Super Bowl halftime show. Any. I don't think though that you need it. I really don't. I don't think you need a collab with Jay Z. I mean, you could, but I don't think Usher. You needed the collab work. You did. You needed Luda. You needed Lil John. You, you Usher couldn't carry that on his own. Jay-Z probably could. But I think I, I think it's gotta be Taylor Swift one, Jay-Z two as far as the uh the pecking order next year for the Super Bowl halftime show. But I liked I liked Usher. If you want to hop in on Usher, 412-928-9370 is the number. On Wednesdays, hear about Joe Starkey's card of the week from baseball card castle in Cranberry contest run every Wednesday through Friday at twelve o'clock at the 937thefan.com contesting page. Uh, We'll get back uh, more into uh, some Super Bowl-related topics from last night. Um, I also want to talk about the NFL Awards last week. And I have some thoughts on what happened when it comes to to T.J. Watt. And uh, you might not like them. We'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Josh Rauter here on the Fan Evening Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Another name that's been thrown out here for a Super Bowl halftime next year. And this could really work with New Orleans. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. I also think Drake has to probably be up there, right? That guy has so many hits. And he's never performed a halftime show at a Super Bowl, right? He hasn't done that before. Not that I can think of. So he would be like super do. Yeah. I would actually probably say Drake goes ahead of Jay-Z to me. He's a little bit younger, more relevant currently. Um, and and I would say it's Taylor Swift 1 and Drake 2. That's that's probably, probably the list there. And then Jay-Z probably goes 3. 
I'd be all right with either of those three, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think any of those would be pretty good. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Overnight rain changing to snow, a low of 34 with an inch or two of snowfall expected. Tuesday, a mix of clouds and sun, high of 44, a low of 29. Yeah, Drake's Drake's probably the guy next year because I think Taylor Swift's going to be burned out from the NFL exposure and she'll be touring all year. And so it probably it, it probably comes down to Drake or Jay-Z. Which I think either of them would that would be a good show in New Orleans. You could get some jazz involved, marching bands, things like that. I uh I like that call. Super Bowl in New Orleans, that's that's probably number two to a Super Bowl in Vegas, right? As far as just the the debauchery that goes on around the event, the party-like nature. Miami's certainly up there as well. There's nothing like what we saw this past week, though, in Vegas. From a celebrity standpoint, the nightlife standpoint, the money standpoint especially, I watched a video the other day. The crappiest hotel on the Strip was a minimum of $650 a night for the week of the Super Bowl. We're talking about a place that you wouldn't stay at if your life depended on it. $650 to stay on the Strip around the Super Bowl. The money in this Super Bowl is all time. I think I saw tickets got down to somewhere around five grand a piece to get in, which considering, you know, Vegas, one of the teams isn't that far away. San Francisco, a lot of flights. San Fran to Vegas. But holy moly, just operating around around Las Vegas this past week had to be an absolute nightmare. I was actually there in November, and they were a week away from the big Formula One race. It was a disaster. Getting around anywhere there when there is a massive, massive event going on, horrible. They've had so many people move there in the last few years. that The population has grown just outrageously in the last few years. The infrastructure has not caught up to it. Austin, Texas, same way. A lot of people move there. They can't keep up with the amount of people that have moved there. Traffic was just destroyed for that F1 week. We were talking to Uber drivers who basically said that they were just going to quit Ubering during F1 because it wasn't worth it because it was taking hours to go places. And 15 minutes away, taking hours to get there. So I can't even imagine what it was like after the Super Bowl last night. That all lets out. All those people have to get to their hotels, the casinos, clubs, whatever, all at once. It had to be just ridiculous trying to move around there. But it is. I think that's the ultimate city to host a Super Bowl. I think it's the best host city for a Super Bowl of all time. And they're going to they're gonna go back to Vegas. It's going to be a, a regular. They will try to get to Vegas, I think, as much as humanly possible. It will become the marquee 
sort of much in the same vein as as New Orleans in the past and Miami. They've been probably the, what the two most popular spots to host Super Bowls, New Orleans and Miami before. I think Vegas goes to the top of that list of they got to get that thing in there every like four or five years. They got to get one in Vegas. And especially since that's a dome yeah. that they're playing in. There might be crazy temperatures outside. Don't have to worry about with a dome. Honestly, the, the weather looked like it was great there. They said it was 50 degrees outside. That's the thing. This time of year, Vegas. That's perfect. Like, I was there in November, and during the day, it was, I think the the warmest that it got during the day was maybe 75, and then in the evening, it was in the 50s. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 